Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. And if you want a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to go check them out. Contact Evan Orvath or get in touch with one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Do you enjoy listening to us every week? Want to support us even more? Become a friend of the program. Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast for just four sixty nine. Nice. Nice. A month. You get 20% off all of our merchandise, exclusive giveaways. You could ask us uh, any questions you may have on our Patreon uh, question segment every week. Or just leave us basically a virtual tip in our virtual tip jar. Become a friend of the program again today. That's Patreon.com slash Black Flag Podcast. Lastly, do you like playing with toy cars and telling your significant other that they're collectibles? Do you enjoy badass memorabilia of grown-ass men who are more successful than you? Well, after doing what Bradley and Bobby just told you to do, head on over to CircleBDieCast.com for all your diecast needs and merchandise, and be sure to use promo code BFP123 for $5 off purchases over $30. And one last thing before we get started, we'd like to give a shout-out to the Graphics Coop, Any Racing News, and Danny Eugene Photography for all their support. Brad Keselowski is going to be showing the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pool here, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years. So, uh, occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we actually out we beat him so it's all good uh. all right boys and girls so uh this is going to be episode 221 of the black flag podcast as always i am charlie sanborn and uh well we're simply just not on a couch this week we're not even in a basement we are in three completely separate discernible locations uh for the first time ever we are doing this uh as the trio that we are on zoom uh, Bradley is in his talk to Tacoma, Brad, uh, Bobby, you're in your, uh, condo and I am at my house. So, uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Hopefully it doesn't suck for all you people trying to make your Wednesday at this point suck less, but, uh, I'm Charlie, Brad, uh, my computer is left at me and Bobby's on the bottom. I don't know about you fellas, but, uh, we're coming off a weekend where, uh, Bobby did some traveling and, uh, Bradley definitely did some traveling, so we'll probably start off with you, Brad. Uh, how was the uh, 100 hours of Charlotte? Oh, it was uh, it was great. Honestly, we got down Tuesday, uh, had uh, had a good time for the first three days where it didn't rain. Uh, stayed with Noah for a couple of days. Went to Top Golf, saw some people. Actually, it was funny. We went to Top Golf and uh, I was sitting there playing with Amanda, obviously, and uh, looked at my Snapchat and saw that uh, Paige and Charlie, Charlie Buxton, were uh, actually at Top Golf, and I'm like, that looks pretty fucking familiar and uh they were on the same level like 20 bays over from us went over hung out with them went out and got lunch a little bit later went to the you know, nascar hall of fame so amanda could see her uncle's names down there and uh just hung out for the first three days and made our way down to uh uh joey and jacinda's camper stayed there for the uh the three days friday saturday sunday and uh most of monday and uh yeah it was uh very 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 wet but yeah uh, hopefully this audio is uh, is good. I'm currently in a moving vehicle. I'm being a little passenger princess. I don't know where we are, but right as we click record, I got the 5G plus, so that's a good sign. So uh, you you might be adding to the uh, the death toll uh, sign that you saw there when you entered uh, Delaware, right? Yeah, yeah. There was uh, it's very weird when we went into Maryland. It said uh, you know X amount of overdoses in this year or whatever. I was like, that's a very weird thing to pride yourself on. And then we got into Delaware and uh, it said uh, 63 fatalities on Delaware highways um, this year. So 
that's uh, those are rookie yeah, numbers. Sick brag, I guess. Yeah, gonna have to, so gonna have to pump those brag. numbers up, kid. Yeah, well, let's uh, not do that. Well, uh, so while, while you've uh, been traveling all over the Eastern Seaboard, very much played it close to home. But but Bobbert, you uh, you did some flappy birding, yes? Yeah, went down to the uh, New London Waterford Speed Bowl on Saturday, um, the house that Daddy is building. I've said it before. Uh, I really love racing there, and just in Connecticut in general, the vibe is different. Um, Smack Tour season opener. We had a good field of eighteen cars. Um, they were actually expecting more. Um, there was two other facilities racing super modified three fifty super modifieds on Saturday, and those two facilities combined didn't have eighteen. So uh, I'd say they're good numbers. Um, we had a really fast race car. Um, won my heat race. Did a uh, did this cool like SK modified type bottom shot move, getting into one three wide for the lead. And uh, Toby Leonard, he comes over. He's like, "Did you even lift?" I said, "Nah, not at all. Just kept it to the fucking floor." Being a heat race hero, uh, redrew fourth. Uh, Dave Helliwell had redrawn second. Pretty evident. Him and I were the two best cars in the, at the racetrack uh, on Saturday, and was looking forward to having a dogfight with him for the win. And uh, never even got a chance to really go for it. I think I followed the spark plug or something at the drop of the green. Motor really weren't running right. Um, made the car handle different. And I I got to third on the start. Uh, Dave's brother, Bill, got by me for second. And uh, I was actually reeling him in and Dave in for the lead, even with the car not running 100%. Um, and then I cut a left rear tire down. And then that, in turn, caused the suspension to wear on the racetrack, which caused all kinds of shit to break. And uh, gave me my first DNF in 24 races with that crate car. So kind of a bummer um but you'll have them days i was i was due for a bad day you know i hadn't had uh i've been running really lucky and uh, had a lot of things go my way lately so i was due for one that that will indeed happen in, in big time auto racing as they say uh so so bradley um down in down in charlotte right you, you're there all week um what what did we miss um well, we uh, we started like I mentioned. We got down Tuesday, kind of just hung around that day, and then uh, Wednesday was the uh, the Top Golf Adventure, and then the uh, the Motor Racing Hall of Fame, NASCAR Hall of Fame, whatever the fuck it is. And uh, so as Wednesday went on, Amanda and I were pretty exhausted from the drive the day before. We're like, ah, do we don't want to go to uh, Millbridge tonight, or do we want to go to Hickory tomorrow? Um, really, you know, Millbridge had like a big event that was going on, but we really wanted to do one or the other. And I kind of wanted to go see the ASA race at Hickory and Amanda did as well. So uh, she's never been to Hickory. I obviously only been a couple of times, but, um, wanted to go over there, figured we'd see some familiar faces, uh, went down and met up with some people I've never met before. It was awesome. Actually, they were doing a driver intro uh, or not driver intro, like an autograph session. And, um, they, all the cars parked on the front stretch. There was a big old line for this guy, uh, Chazé I don't know what it was. I don't know who that was, but um, there was some a big asshole that tried to kill Denny Hamlin. Yeah, yeah, um, an attempted homicider. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he had a big old line. Um, then people realized William Byron was there as well. People were kind of dipping off and uh, seeing him, and uh, just got to hang out with some people. Uh, nasty, saw Nasty Hind, uh, Michael Hind, and uh, saw Gio um, before the race starts. Gio Ruggiero, and uh, we were just in the stands. It was a uh, uh, just Amanda, myself, and uh, Brian Hahn. Uh, it was actually cool, though. We were, when we were down in the, in, in the infield, um, probably got recognized by, like, four or five people. And Amanda thought that was cool. I thought that was pretty cool as well, um, just to be down in Hickory, North Carolina, and have people just know you from the podcast. I wasn't even really wearing any podcast merchandise that day, so that was cool. Um, 
And uh, actually, maybe I was wearing a shirt at that point. I don't know, but whatever. Hey, speaking, and, uh, of, speaking of shirts real quick, shout out Brian Hahn. I had like four or five people be like, dude, some dude's rocking your shirt at Hickory. So like you just said, yeah. that's kind of cool. It's even more cool when you're in Wyndham, Maine, and, and you got the crew chief of the 48 Xfinity car tweeting at you saying he sees your T-shirt at Hickory. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty cool. A lot of people were coming over and, you know, asking him where he got that shirt and how he knows you. And um, so that was pretty cool. And never met him. It was fun. Yeah, I've, I've been sitting. <laughs> I was sitting right next to him and they're like, oh, how do you know Bobby? And I was just like, ah, yeah, I, we go we go way back. We hung, we hung out a couple of times. Um, you should you know, tell they, people they no tell idea. people you were my car owner for one race. <laughs> yeah, actually, I should have done that. Um yeah, no. So we went over to Hickory. That was cool. And then we're sitting there with like 50 to go. And so it was really just the ASA race. And there was a 50 lap late model race with six whole cars after. Um, and he's sitting there and Chase, Chase is running kind of like shit. William Byron's really, really fast. Bubba probably was a class to field early. Um, and then he broke. And so you're sitting there and really like the top six. I'm like, I don't want to see any of these guys win except for Geo. And I was like, hey, Gio's never won one of these races. So I just wanted Gio to win. Um, and then with William Byron there, I just thought he was so dominant. And he has been at Hickory in a super late model that he was just going to dick stomp him at the end. And Jesse Love was leading a bunch. William Byron hit a bunch of shit that night. And uh, so Gio's move at the end was kind of warranted. Obviously, uh, everyone was kind of up in arms about it. Gio just dove into uh, turn three and four, washed him up. Wasn't super egregious. I mean, he was just beating the shit out of him for a couple, couple laps uh, beforehand. But... I, I don't think it was, uh, you know, too over the top being what uh, William Byron had done to uh, him earlier in the race. And then with Jesse, he did the Jesse Love as well. And he cleared himself across the nose in the seven car at one point. I mean, he was just, he was a dart without feathers at times, but um, that was, it was fun. Hickory, uh, Hickory was awesome. Got to see Gio's first win down there in an ASA car or uh, in the ASA series. So, um, Definitely enjoyed that. And then, yeah, like uh, like we all say, rainouts are bad for the liver. And uh, fuck, did it rain a lot. It was so annoying, persistent. Uh, we got to see the truck race on Friday. That was cool. Ben Rhodes picking up the win. Um, but uh, just Saturday started, and it was just a heavy mist for three straight days. You know, they'd go green um, even once they uh, were able to. They'd go green and then uh, just wouldn't get much further than that. And uh, obviously, everything got, everything got moved to the next day. But um, yeah, I have no idea when you guys can hear me and when you can't, but I, we're getting a good 95% of it. So I think you're all right. <laughs> well, that, that's good. I mean, they, hopefully, uh, everyone's able to fill in the blanks and to choose your own adventure. <laughs> we're, we're just making an audio version of our own Mad Libs. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everyone can just fill in what they don't hear. Um, yeah, this is a, this is going to be a tough one. No one, uh, no one's the presenting sponsor this week, so that's probably good. It would have been a bit of a waste of money on their end. <laughs> yeah, this is probably going to be an awful show. <laughs> no, 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 no. We got this. We got this. So, uh, so yeah, me personally, I, I didn't do much this weekend at all. I uh, Saturday, I think we stayed pretty close at home. Uh, didn't have to go down to the Lee USA Speedway because it was a JDV production, so they actually take over the whole racetrack for even the weekly stuff. Uh, so tuned up to, to flow, got my feet up on the recliner and, uh, will uh, gotta, gotta give hats off to the flow production team and, and everybody that works over there. And, uh, even before that, the week before at Lee USA with a uh, Nash revision, uh, Bobby, you even said that you had never even dabbled in the Nash stuff at all. And, um, it's a, it's a show fellas. Like they, they put on a hell of a production and, um, you know, between Ben Bisowski, Mark Beaudry, and uh, John Espernet, Lee USA Speedway is probably going to go straight to the top here, hopefully, uh, compared to where they were before in terms of production value and things like that. So uh, really cool to see all that stuff. 
Uh, and then moving on to uh, Oxford, watch some of that as well, too. Uh, watch old boy Nate Barth go from the back to the front in the Bomber Stonk race. And uh, just a pretty low-key weekend over here. But uh, pretty jealous of uh, you guys going out there and doing some pretty cool shit. Yeah, I tuned into the NHSTRA vision yesterday, uh, Monday, uh, for Hudson. They race on Memorial Day every year. And uh, echoing your sentiment, Charlie, that was really well done. I texted Ben um, today, man, like I watched. That was, uh, that was well worth the $15. Uh, you guys should be proud of what you got going on over there. Great show, great car counts. They had guys parked out on the road um, for pit stalls. You know, there's no room in the pits. So um, bummed to see our buddy Jesse. He looked like he had to modify the choppy ball to Memorial 80 Lapper. Um, looked like he had that one pretty well wrapped up and uh, then just got absolutely uh, shit pumped off the bottom on the final restart. And he fell all the way back to 10th. But uh wasn't for lack of effort. We were we were. We were cheering for Jesse while I was uh, trying to set the lunk alarm off at Planet Fitness. <laughs> uh, they, had, so, uh, they had a whole charge of cars. They had Bandoleros, Legend cars, Street Stonks, all kinds of shit. Well worth it, you know. For for those that argue that say streaming hurts racing, um, I wasn't going to Hudson yesterday. I had to work, but they got fifteen dollars out of me because I could prop up my TV at the machine shop and pay to watch the races so so that that is that is one of the cool things about nastrovision too is that the the deal that mark and ben have made with each other is that um even if you don't have like the streaming service itself and you're going to go to a pay-per-view for nastra um they're only charging you what an admission ticket is um so like you said it, you know people have an argument one way or the other with the streaming stuff but like like you said you weren't you weren't you weren't going to be able to go but they still got your admission tickets so um pretty cool way to offset that stuff and, and people can't really argue uh in terms of you know ticket pricing and stuff like that at that point so uh definitely hats off to all those guys they do a heck of a job for sure uh also tuned into their uh their podcast there after uh opening day and they, they do a good job with that as well too uh anybody over there looking over on youtube you can check them out in astra uh vision uh but yeah no uh bradley again very jealous of you um so one question i do have for you is uh, while it was raining, uh, what were you doing at the racetrack? Uh, so yeah, Joey, Joey and Jacinda being able to, or uh, having their, their camper right across the street, we were just able to park there for uh, the day. And, uh, we went out and bought some umbrellas, went out and checked out some of those merchandise tents, got some, uh, $1, uh, Jeff Gordon fanny packs, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we did a lot of, uh, watching the flow broadcast from Stafford the night before on Saturday. Um, and then, uh, we, Ended up watching, and we'll woke up early on Sunday, I guess, and ended up watching uh, Monaco, which was uh, a snoozer. That uh, um, then uh, we ended up going to uh, ended up going to Top Golf again with like five of us, six of us, um, and uh, tried to watch the Indy Five Hundred. Top Golf has ten TV channels or eleven TV channels. None of them are NBC, which I don't understand. Huh. Um, feel like that's a pretty yeah. So we were we were watching on the phone. Um, we found some bootleg Reddit stream that actually, uh, crashed <laughs> right as they were going back green with like three to go or two to go, whatever it was. So, um, that was tough. We missed the end. Everyone in the chat kind of, uh, spoiled that one for us. So, uh, exciting to see obviously Joseph Newgarden win, but yeah, we, we did a whole lot of, uh, playing cornhole in the rain, did a whole lot of, uh, walking to the merchandise tents in the rain and, um, did a whole lot of drinking in the rain. Um, I, we say we say it all the time. The rainouts are bad for the liver. I don't know. It it was it 
it's been an egregious last three or four days. I don't think that none of any of my clothes fit anymore. I'm so fat now just from fucking caloric <laughs> intake of alcohol. It's unreal. How, how's Amanda doing after after all the boozing? Uh, Amanda Amanda's doing pretty good. Um, we're we're honestly so last night. Let's just we'll just jump forward. We'll jump around, I guess, while we have connection. Um, but uh, so last night we we uh, obviously watched Coke Six Hundred. A little bit of rain, then the Xfinity race got moved. Uh, that started and then uh, went to the end of the race. So we didn't even stick around for that one. We were uh, we're staying with Freddie and Megan last night, a little bit closer to home, um, in an actual bed, which was sweet, and uh, with a shot with a you know just we were just it was luxury, but. So after the Coke 600, we, we fuck off. We go to uh, Big Al's. People have uh, heard uh, Freddie talk about that all the time, um, his stomping ground. So we uh, we jet up the highway. We walk in, and uh, it's just Amanda and I at this point. But uh, see Doug Campbell and that's there. And I was just telling Amanda, actually, it must have been so wild for Doug, who is like a regular in Mooresville at a bar like Big Al's, to just see us two walk in with like unannounced. Like he had no idea we were down there. Uh, must have been very, very weird. But um we, uh, yeah, just went to Big Al's and uh, watched the Xfinity Series race on the TV uh, before Freddie got there. And so Amanda and I were looking forward to uh, making it a little early night. Obviously, we have a 14-hour road trip ahead of us this morning. And we're like, oh, we'll leave around, you know, 7 a.m. And we uh, we get to Big Al's and uh, then Freddie and uh, his brother John show up and half the fucking spotter stands um, after the race is all over the Xfinity Series race. And one thing led to another and shots were involved and uh, there was a lot more drinking. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have one and a Buffalo chicken dip and then we can go back. And uh, well, long story short, we pulled into Freddy's at two o'clock in the morning and uh, <laughs> that seven, that seven o'clock alarm was, uh, was pressed uh, snooze about 18 times. So uh, ended up getting on the road at nine and it's just been a fucking disaster ever since we uh, got, we, we get up at nine or get on the road at nine, I guess we're like, all right, we're exhausted. We need Starbucks. Amanda had a gift card. We're like, let's burn it up. There's a Starbucks right before you get on I-77 North. Walk in. We're both like, yeah, can we get two uh, uh, sweet cream cold brews? They're like, we're actually out of cold brew. I'm like, it's fucking nine o'clock in the morning. Are you shitting me? So I'm like, I don't even want anything anymore. Like, let's just go. So we just get on the highway and we're going I-84, which takes you all the way through East Gish, Virginia and fucking one tooth West Virginia. And you just miss all the big cities because no one wants to take I-95 the whole way. But we're about 10 minutes in after the Starbucks conundrum. And the maps goes, your route has been updated. The, there's a road closed or the highway is closed in 100 miles. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't give a shit. We're on the road. Let's just go. So we're buzzing. And all of a sudden, we're on fucking like I-whatever before you get on I-95. And now we've gone through every city on the eastern fucking seaboard and sat in traffic for like two hours. So it's been a rough one, honestly. Um, <laughs> Rick Rudd was a before his time with the duct tape eyes open. <laughs> Rick Rudd, <laughs> yeah, Richard Richard Root. Uh, yeah, death taxes and Brad having a great time on a road trip. Yeah, yeah, I'm having fun. Um, I would love. I've never been more excited to see the welcome to Massachusetts sign in my life. Ooh, you don't even like Massachusetts. Bad. I know that's saying something. Hey, so speaking of that, our you know we've been on this show countless times bitching about the 290 merger, and uh, shout out to my dad. He for sure passed 
two miles worth of stop traffic and cut off some asshole in a minivan with the truck and trailer at the 11th hour. And I'm like, perfect. That's the only way to get on 290. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I, I've heard I've heard uh, road trips with your father, particularly BT2, can be kind of brutal one way or the other because he's either fighting people like that or you just have no music the entire way, correct? No um, we, we stumbled onto Boston's top country station and their radio coverage was fantastic because we had it from fucking Portsmouth to Thompson, Connecticut. So we had, we had some music for up until the last 45 <laughs> minutes of the ride. Uh, it was a good day. Um, and that also that 295 merger, they are in fact widening it. So let's, uh, let's get a move on on that fucking project. How about that? Huh? Yeah. You can tell, you can tell that the mass DOT listens to this podcast with how many years and consecutive shows we bitched about that highway. <laughs> yeah. Anybody can thank us specifically for that. Nobody else at all. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> we don't even pay taxes in mass, but please write your thank yous to us. I feel like we've played, we've paid plenty of taxes in mass between all the booze and fucking shit that we've eaten at various different restaurants. So I think, I think we make up for it personally. That that's true, but uh, and and not to jump too far forward, but I don't know how much fucking longer I'll have service. I feel like we're good. We're on a good little hot streak right now. But I'm gonna be at Seacock this weekend. Looking forward to that. I think ten thousand to win Accurate Spring Green fucking. 169 or something. What in the fuck is that Yahoo doing? <laughs> Brad, Brad just passed uh, Littlefoot, the monster truck. <laughs> that wasn't even Littlefoot. That was full-blown fucking Bigfoot. And I think did have some pretty large tires. Uh, on so not, not to be lost in the shuffle here, obviously. It, it was Memorial Day weekend, and we all got to have an extra day off yesterday. But uh, with that comes the, the greatest day in motorsports. It's the Sunday before, where... Like Brad touched on it, we had Monaco, Indy, and uh, where you were at the Coke 600. I think, relatively speaking, I don't know how much of it you watch, Bobby, but um, if at all. But the, the Monaco race, even though F1 sucks, generally speaking, for an F1 race, wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I actually watched the whole thing. They need uh, to they, run those cars in the rain more often because that was yeah. the most entertaining two hours of television all day Sunday Correct. was watching those idiots 10 seconds off the pace, smashing into curbs and barriers. And, well, and then, then the you rain. have a couple, you have a couple assholes too keeping slicks on it. Like, Oh, it's not that wet. And then they land in the fucking grandstands <laughs> and then you have other idiots putting on rain tires, but they're like fucking four seconds off. It was, I thought it was a good show personally. Uh, naturally Max Verstappen goes out and fucking dick stomps them all by like 23 seconds. But, the rest of it was all right um yeah, I, would, I had it on in the background i spent all day sunday changing motors because um i had my fake crate engine in on for waterford and i got to put my real crate engine in um for this weekend but i watched some of it especially when it was raining um every time i looked verstappen had like a six minute lead so it didn't look like it was much of a race but there's a reason there hasn't been a pass for the lead uh on the racetrack in 21 years at that race so yeah, something uh, tough. Like but uh, that's that's F one for you. The uh, racetrack's but, barely wide enough to race golf carts on, and they're racing those fucking fighter jets. I I don't know how anybody makes a pass. <laughs> what one of the most accurate things I've seen? Someone tweeted. I think it was a video. I think it was George Russell. Was uh, it was during the, the rain, obviously, and he was taking a turn. It was just the quote was accurate depiction of me playing the F one video game, and it's him just going into the corner with the wheel completely turned and going straight into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that did that was accurate I, he wasn't the only one to do that <laughs> no that yeah that definitely happened uh, quite a bit but um no that that the video game especially monaco it's such a narrow track that's uh that's definitely me trying to play that fucking game 
Yeah, Formula One cars in the 60s were the size of TQ midgets, so that was probably a badass racetrack. But like I said, now they're full-on fighter jets. Like they're like nine feet wide and 13 feet long. Um, I don't, I don't know how anyone passes anyone there. And have you ever actually seen an F1 car in person? They're, they're fucking huge. Like they're, they're obviously they're very low to the ground and lightweight, but they're actually like incredibly big for what you would think what from watching on TV. So, um, yeah, a little too wide for that racetrack there, but I think we've hit our F1 quota for, I don't know, the, the decade, uh, in terms of what we talked about. So, <laughs> and, uh, and that's our, our yearly <laughs> annual F1 chat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you guys if you guys want more F1 coverage, please uh, swipe over to Netflix and uh, you get, you'll get everything you need. Uh, yeah, that, I heard that documentary makes you think that you should care about F1 and that sums it up perfectly. They do. Yeah. A hell, they uh, imagine if NASCAR had a documentary series like that, though, like we, we'd have twice the crowds, we'd have twice the, the, the TV ratings and all these things. But, uh, you know, F1 had a perfectly placed and timed a hell of, hell of a fucking documentary series until you go and watch the actual race. You're like, oh, my God, this is awful. Um, but, yeah, so moving forward, Indy 500 happens as well, too. Uh, Roger Penske begins the one-two sweep on the weekend there for Indy and uh, the Coke 600. Uh, also, I think, generally speaking, IndyCar kind of sucks, but the Indy 500 was a hell of a show, I thought. Yeah, it's the one race like every year that I like make it a point that I want to be somewhere where I can at least half tune in. Um, you know, me and my dad's kind of our jam. You know, we always try to watch together. Um, and he was working on one of the cars, I was working on the other. I don't know much about Indy cars. Um, kind of like a bandwagon fan, I guess, for just the Indy 500, which I don't think is a bad thing. Oh, another Bigfoot, maybe the same one. <laughs> Um, the same one. We're actually in traffic. Yeah, a little, little, little travel update is uh, we were <laughs> supposed to get to the uh, Tappan Sea Bridge at fucking 8.05. And uh, now it's uh, 8.30 because uh, in the next uh, two miles, there's two accidents. So Tough. Uh, Perfect. Maybe, maybe start a third one. Spice up this uh, this Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just do a Jimmy yeah. Johnson go backwards. If any, if uh, well, not that any of the listeners would be able to see it, but if you guys happen to see a puff of smoke for a second and then an absolute fucking just smash of a camera and uh, you don't see me anymore, that is uh, the airbag deploying. It's because Amanda wadded you up. <laughs> yeah. yeah good, good news is we're in Pennsylvania and there's no sign that says that there is X amount of casualties or overdoses. We're, uh, we're back into normalcy, I guess. I was going to say, you're, you're awful clear and we can hear you and it's not choppy. So that's a good start. Yeah, sometimes sometimes traffic's a good thing, you know. This is uh, good for the audio program. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, shout out to that uh, presumed family in a minivan that's buried in the guardrail, looking out for our well-being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking pack up all the kids and get down to your local KFC, or just <laughs> wad the thing into the fucking guardrail on the I ninety-five. Uh, fuck. Uh, anyway, also, so, so back also, back to our <laughs> annual Indy five hundred chat. This is yeah, our one Indy car. Also an IndyCar. Uh, I, I would have bet the house that that wheel uh, that came off of fucking Dude Buddy's car there smoked like 11 people in the stands. Straight out of Final Destination. <laughs> like I, My dad had his back turned. He was helping me set the engine in place. So he wasn't looking at the TV and I was. And I just stopped and I'm like, oh my God, that just killed somebody. And he's like, what? What? I'm like, a tire just went into the crowd. And he's like, no, there's no way it went over the fence. I'm like, I am telling you, 
That motherfucker is 45 rows deep in the grandstands. Like, clear the bases, round the horn, <laughs> grand slam, out of the park. Uh, we can make these jokes now because nobody died except for a, a white Chevy Cruze named Snowball. Uh, so pour one out uh, for Snowball. The left front is for sure flattened, caped in, stove the fuck up on that thing because it got hit by an IndyCar wheel traveling at what I assume was 180 miles an hour. It, it took the, the, the tire, the wheel, the hub, the axle, everything right out of the back end of that fucking car, which uh, is wild because i've never seen those tethers fucking break like ever really yeah and it was a rear wheel so it was the heavy one (laughs) right yeah so not only was it the big one but it took all the shit with it too so you Mm -hmm. had literally a a javelin flying through the air that probably was going to skewer like eight people uh but no that was definitely an interesting moment there but uh ripped the uh, chevy cruise for sure um also some controversy apparently coming out after the fact of uh joseph newgarden and uh cuzzy pal there marcus erickson uh, that last lap where they like dive down to the bottom, and I I thought they were gonna smoke the end of the pit road. That was road, awesome. That was, was fucking awesome. Sick. They're going down pit road at two hundred and twenty. Let them chew, <laughs> and then they uh, just. Boop. Apparently, though, in the rule book, it very clearly states that you uh, can't fucking do that. And uh, what do you, just, what do you mean just, you can't go? You can't go below the commitment cone for pit road, and then at the last second, not. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, that that apparently has been a non-issue. Uh for the last day since that happened uh but a lot of controversy coming out saying that uh that it, it like literally says right in the rule book like you can't do that you're gonna be I'd like to know why like why were they doing that to break the draft i assume yeah so everything that i've ever heard about the indy cars so when they come off the corner and they actually dive down like that it's not a hundred percent to break the draft it's because of the stagger that they run in those cars they're coming off the corner and they in order to not have wheel in it to scrub off going down the mile straight away, that's just where the car goes. Yeah, let's so free roll. So inherently, they all do the same thing, and they're all also drafting off each other. But I don't know. That looked like a kamikaze move, like they were going to fucking yard sale it down the pit road, which was kind of wild to watch. But yeah, the whole ending itself was wild. Like they threw the red flag with two laps to go, and they're like, "Yeah, we're going to finish this under green." It's like there's no, there's a lap, there's left. there's no way, and they're like right out of the hot pits green and for how stupid uh danica patrick is on a microphone she did have actually one really solid point after the race because of course leaf erickson or whatever his name was 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 bitching and pissing and moaning (laughs) that he should have won the race and lost it because if the race had ended under yellow he was the leader and then he has a a valid gripe um but she's like you got to remember that we are entertainers like we're these people are here to be entertained and nobody wants to see the race end under yellow so if Indy passport can, thing, if Indy car is going to bend the rules, yeah, tough shit, basically. And, well, and she, I agreed with that. She even brought up the whole story of like when they went to twin ring in, in Japan there with Motegi, and they're like, yeah, we had to go through customs and all of our passports. They, they say entertainer like they're it's yeah. not it's not anything else. It's you're, you're there to entertain people and, you know, right, wrong or indifferent or whatever. That that certainly was a fucking show coming right out of the pits to take the white and green. They're like they were even saying, like, I don't know that the flaggers even waved the white and green before at the same time. Like, ever. yeah, uh, so uh, definitely interesting there, but uh, definitely a hell of a show. And so like Bradley was having trouble with NBC. I subscribe to Sling TV. Um which apparently doesn't have fucking regular channels for some reason. So like NBC, Fox, they just don't exist. You can have FS1, FS2, FS fucking 69, ESPN8, the Ocho, you have all that. I uh, can't get regular Fox. So I'm over there 
trying to get on Roku TV. I, I was on KP TV fucking and or Fox or Fox 12 at for fun fucking Oregon station on free TV, thinking the race was going to come on. No shot. Uh, end up getting the Fox Sports app, get my brother's login from New Jersey for his fucking cable provider. That was a bit of a fuck show. But uh, the Coke 600 also happened. And uh, I know it felt long from the couch. Uh, I can't imagine getting pissed on by the rain and sitting there for, I think they said it was five and a half hours. Yeah, uh, I will say so the sling thing, uh, very, very just it, the days of being excited that something's on a national television station is over because it used to be like when I was poor, I was like, oh, Fox, fuck yeah, like that's good. NBC, fuck yeah. Yeah, last week for Wilkesboro, I had to find a TV antenna in, in the middle of a downpour, uh, try to get that to work. It actually, actually ended up working pretty well. But um, yeah, just one thing from the IndyCar race. Yeah, we were watching actually in the car. Uh, I was watching on my phone and, uh, I saw the tire fly off and it was one of those moments, like what was it? Dale jr. When Austin Dale went to the catch fence and he's just like, Oh my God. Like I was fucking just, we were going down the highway and I'm like, Oh my God, dude, someone just died. Like that's <laughs> the tire literally is in the grandstands right now. And Joey's back, going down the road. Like, wait, gone. Okay. Joey's going down the road. Like, wait, what? And then he starts to live stream and we're just watching like, honestly, for a couple seconds, like it's still, you still thought the tire definitely went into the grandstands or at least had some sort of casualty, but um, yeah, the, the Coke 600. So, um, like I mentioned, we were watching the Indy 500 at a, uh, uh, fucking at top golf. We ended up actually going to big Al's when the race finally got called. And we one was Uber. Yeah, we, we took, <laughs> we went to big Al's. We took an Uber up there. It was $50 or $55. Uh, it's about a 30 minute drive. That was fun, but we were all so in the bag at this point that we're like, we, we need to go to big Al's. So, um, we went up there. Put in a full shift and actually, oh, fuck, I actually got confused. So this is Saturday night, but um, this is one last thing from, from the Saturday portion. Um, we uh, we get up there, we put in like a three-hour shift, and we're like, we need the check. It's 8 o'clock. It, it literally takes the lady 35 minutes to get our checks out, and then she fucked up everyone's check that we had. So we're like, you got to be kidding me. So Jake Owen is supposed to start a concert, starts at 9, 30 minutes away. Well, Joey had just showed up. Joey was going to drive us all back. So it's now like 9, 10. We're just now leaving big owls and i am just pissed i'm like i don't even really like jake owen but like if there's one thing i want to watch or like i want to get some sort of entertainment for today since we've done nothing but drink and uh so we ended up getting over there right we're in underneath this little pavilion jake owen's doing his thing and we're standing there with stevie johns and uh joey's joey's buddy justin and there they are 11 out of 10 in the bag and you look over to the left, there's like this VIP like section, basically. It's all gated off, but like you're standing right next to the people. Well, mind you, we had a three-mile walk and a downpour to this pavilion because they had this thing called Speed Street right outside in the fan zone. Well, the Jake Owen is playing this weekend banner is literally right above Speed Street. Amanda and I walk up and we're like, look overlooking the hill down at this big stage. There's no one there. We're like, well, they must have canceled it. Then we find out that it's over by the drag ship, which was literally like a three mile walk in a down in a downpour. It was fun. So we get there though. We're standing there. I look over and I'm like, that's Michael Waltrip right there. Literally, like from me to the fucking car, one lane over. And then Justin and Stevie are like, that's not fucking Michael Waltrip. And then Stevie looks and he's like, Oh my God, that's actually Michael Waltrip. I was like, Yeah. So I walk over and he is absolutely falling down. And I just like pulled my BFP 
like koozie down and I show that I have some Michael Walter brewing beer and he goes, fist bumps me, gives me a little hug and he goes, thank you for drinking my beer. And I was like, I appreciate it. Like it, I appreciate good beer and this shit's fucking delicious. And he's like, thank you. I appreciate it too. And uh, I was like, all right, I was like, you need one. And I pulled one out of my pocket and he's like, oh yeah, I'll take one. Takes it, puts it down in front of him. Concert goes on, right? Like 45 minutes. We actually got there and able, we're able to see some shit, which is great. So 45 minutes later now, Joey and Jacinda have gone to go try to find beer to purchase. Well, then Jayco and Enns, they haven't found beer to purchase. We're on the walk out. I do a like quick look over. There's no one now at this table that Mikey was standing by, but the beer is still there. So I walk over and there's like security and I just like wave down security. I was like, hey, can, can I have that beer? And the guy's like, no. And I was like, no, that was my beer that I gave to Michael Waltrip and he didn't drink it. And now I need a beer for the walk back to the campground. He's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. No. Didn't even drink the beer that I gave him. Uh, I was sitting there fucking dry. Why are we getting the unstable? Are we back? Fuck. We're on one bar <laughs> of 5G. You're good. Yeah. So I uh, will just <laughs> let the listeners at home um, imagine what you said uh, to the fact that Michael Waltrip wouldn't drink your beer. We got to the, uh, yeah, you can have it. And then you, uh, I, th- I thought you had a stroke, but you're probably, right. uh, yeah. Oh, I, I honestly might, I'm pretty tired, but, um, yeah. Cause so Coke 600 obviously gets moved to Monday after the Xfinity series raises already moved to Monday. So what do we do? Hey, everyone goes to the liquor store. We get five bottles of champagne and a bunch of stuff to make mimosas. And we wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and start drinking. So, uh, yeah. So, Mind you, on the drive down, Saturday was the only day that looked like it was really going to rain. Then we get down there, we're there for a couple of days, and now it's going to rain Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We're like, what the fuck? So we're, we're sitting there Saturday, race rains out pretty early. We're like, all right, Sunday, looks like it's, there's going to be a window at night. They're drying the track, drying the track. We're just outside waiting to go over to the racetrack. We all get our shit ready to go over and go in, and then it rains, and they cancel it. We're like, fuck. So then we just put in a whole day shift drinking Saturday, a whole day shift drinking Sunday. And then Monday now we're going to watch 900 miles. We get in and we're up early, ready to rip. So open the camper door Monday morning. And again, it's been raining for over 48 hours. It's now not raining. And we're like, holy fuck, like, this is fantastic. Like this, it's so it's not nice out by any means, but it's cloudy and it's not raining. So we all get out, get a drink. We start playing cornhole, starts raining again. We're like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. On the phone, no, nothing on the radar says that there's a 10% chance of rain for the whole entire day. It rains for like probably two, two and a half hours in the morning, dries up. They go green for the Xfinity Series race. The entire time that they were green, it was misting still, like as much as it was pretty much the whole weekend. So they go green somehow, run a, run a stage, whatever. Then it starts raining again misting again i guess and then it just keeps missing whatever they postpone it to after the race we're like what the fuck we go back to the camper it's still misting we end up just all there's like nine of us now just sitting in joey and just send his camper and we walk like we're just sitting there watching it mist outside we're like they're not even gonna be able to go green tonight it's not calling for any rain today and one thing led to another and i opened the camper door at one point and the sun was literally just beaming down and it was hot as hell we're like what the fuck happened so luckily the sun came out burned off some shit they finally go green. They go green for the Coke 600 on time, which was super cool. But then you can see just a wave of mist like rolling in. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I went full meteorological. And I'm like, behind that is white sky, blue sky. We're good. So little mist rolls through just like a 15, 20 minute delay. It wasn't too terrible. 
Um, and then, yeah, they went back green, fired the thing off. And, uh, yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot of carnage at the end of that one. So it made it a little bit longer, but, uh, it was awesome to see Ryan Blaney and Tyler Reddick, um, even Christopher Bell early in the race, they seemed like they were the dominant cars. Um, and at the end there, I was going to be so fucking pissed if I sat there for 600 miles and watched William Byron win a fucking race. And, uh, luckily, <laughs> luckily Blaney didn't step on his ween. No, I, I think Larson had that portion that I covered. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say the ultimate wean step of the day went to Kyle Larson. It was a, uh, it was hysterical. I thought, you know, the kid is obviously really, really good, but uh, he's not a superhero. Like he still fucks up. Yeah, I don't, it was kind of weird. I, he must have, I don't know. That they, they talk about the wakes of the car in front of you, and if they cross cross in front of you the wrong way, it just it literally like picks the front end of the race car up, and it, it kind of looks like that's what happened. He just went into the corner, and it was like full lock, and it was just not doing race car things. So. Um, yeah, that was weird to see. Uh, funny, like you said, though, because uh, Kyle Larson gets such praise and then he just spins out by himself. But, um, I, I think that uh, paint jobs of the weekend certainly go to Tyler Reddick and uh, Brad Kizlowski. Those are my picks for sure. That Tar Heel Blue fucking jump man scheme was pretty sick, in my opinion. Too many red, white, and blue cars. I got all excited thinking that Kyle Bush planted Martin Truex Jr. in the fence at the end just to realize it was Ricky Stenhouse because their cars looked the fucking same, and I'm blind. Yeah, uh, Kyle, Kyle Bush and Ricky Stenhouse were having fucking dick measuring contests there for a second. Uh, naturally, I think Kyle Bush won, but um, yeah, no, that was that was interesting to see. And then uh, obviously the uh, the elephant in the room. What the fuck was Chase Elliott doing? They didn't <clears> even try to make it look good. No, no, and you did it to the wrong guy. Like you did it absolutely to the guy who was going to go straight home download SMT on his laptop and then post it to the world to show the world that you hung a hard left in the middle of the dog leg. Um, Blaze Alexander, Tony Roper, they lost their lives wrecking in that exact spot like that. Um, granted the cars and the racetrack itself with the safer barrier safer today than it used to be. But, um, and then now we know that chase did get suspended. He's not racing next week at uh, gateway. Um, absolutely warranted. Denny Hamlin's podcast today was fantastic. He saw it down. Chase Elliott, he saw down all of Chase Elliott's fans. Um, I absolutely love when Chase Elliott makes himself look like the asshole that he really is. Yeah, I, well, we talk about it all the time, probably in, in private in our group as well, too. But I feel like Chase and Bill uh, specifically are two of the biggest closet douchebags of all time. Oh, is Brad talking? No, he's not. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I thought he was. No, yeah. No, I'm not. Um <laughs> uh... Definitely. I don't know. What, we just went over some bridge, which I thought we were in civilization, but then I saw a farm. So I don't know what's going on, but um, yeah, no, uh, Chase. So, so we've obviously heard in, in private from some people that we know that Chase is just an asshole like that. And uh, it's made, definitely made me uh, take a step back from being on the, uh, the Chase Elliott bandwagon that and the fact that his fans are just so delusional, like Denny mentioned. Um, and then obviously we met Bill and uh, Bill was an asshole and that was, uh, that was tough. So um, it was a, uh, Definitely, that, that was uh, fucking egregious for sure. I'm shocked that NASCAR actually suspended him. I did not think that they were going to actually do that as much as uh, they needed to because obviously Bubba Wallace got suspended and did the exact same thing, but um, most popular driver. I just didn't see that happening. I mean, when you, when you quite literally have the evidence of like, guy you, you throttled up and took a hard lap like what are we what are we even talking about like they trace all of that shit now you're not going to get away with anything like that and like bobby was saying like that that's borderline like gonna hurt somebody because that the way that those dog legs are set up you're literally going straight and then 
obviously as the dog leg goes, you turn the car, but if you get hooked the other way, there, it's just an automatic wall. Like there's typically, no typically area. There's nothing. Typically when you right rear a guy, it turns their car at a 45 degree angle and they hit the wall kind of on the right front corner. Well, going through the dog leg, the wall then turns 45 degrees. And, uh, right. Uh, I know we're not a big math podcast, but 45 plus 45 is 90. And that means he hits fucking head on. <laughs> yeah. But he also wiped himself out too. Like it, what, what, and then he goes on in, in, in his interview and I will give him credit. His, his post-race interview, like coming out of the, the care center was a lot better than Bubba Wallace's where Bubba Wallace was like, oh yeah, the steering broke. And it's like, oh, really? You could literally <laughs> see his hands going like this, but Chase was like, yeah, I mean, bounce it off the fence and they're just impossible to drive after that. But like, he he bounced it off the fence, kept it on Denny's quarter panel, and then swerved out and then fucking cleaned him out. But didn't even do a good enough job where he didn't not take himself out too. So he just looks like an asshole the, the, all the way around. Uh, hats off to NASCAR for sure for actually doing something with Chase Elliott because we were all gonna bet that they were they were just gonna be like, oh, what are you talking about? He he wasn't even in the race. Why, why would he? Oh, the tow link. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no uh, breaking news as well, too. They're going to put uh, Corey LaJoy in the nine car uh, to run for Hendrick Motorsports, which then puts Carson Hosevar in the number seven Spire Motorsports Cup car for Worldwide Technology Raceway, uh, presumably because the Bush cars are at Portland and Josh Berry can't do the double between Portland, Oregon and St. Louis. And the fact that he's probably going to afford next year may have ended any of that chances, too. Well, you know, that do be like that, but uh, it appears that when you announce your allegiance to a different uh, manufacturer, um, you get cut off. I think the legacy motor club cars are now the poverty motor club cars. They are all awful. They were all multiple laps down and Jimmy absolutely looks like a fucking non out there. He drove over Noah, both of them running dead fucking last 50 laps down drives right over him, right. You know, right hooks himself into the fence um need to just lay all the 42 43 and 84 to rest for the year and try again next year i mean not only are you running last but you're 55 laps down like not just a couple like not like you've been out there you're just it's not your day like you all have been in the garage and it's like almost out of the 90s where like they they let them back out because they were mechanical troubles they weren't in wrecks per se so like for the first time ever, you have cars back out there that are like 50 plus laps down and then they wipe each other out like that could that I, I can only imagine what the invoice looks like at Legacy today uh, going back after that fucking race. Yeah, not a uh, not a good look. I can't imagine Eric or Noah's having much fun, but hopefully bigger things will come in the future for those guys, because I think they're both good race car drivers. Jimmy uh, making himself look really, really bad uh, when you uh, when you crash your own car. 50 laps down for dead last. Well, I mean, not only has he done that, but he wrecked on the first lap at Coda. Like he doesn't even have much racing experience in this new car yet because he keeps wrecking out on the first fucking handful of laps. So it's like, you got to be able to run the race to figure the cars out and he keeps fucking smashing them up. But uh, he, he, obviously, had mentioned, he had mentioned at the beginning of the year, though, that he was going to run like X amount of races. And it was a pretty staggering amount it's like a third of the season and he's only run i think three races now obviously he's scratched out of the last two crashing into the 500 and uh, like denny hamilton on his podcast today like there's not even enough resources there really for the two cars that they have and then you got to just you know spread them out even more when jimmy goes to run it's like i wonder if he's, he's just gonna just mail it in at least for this season i mean if you come back once you switch to toyota um but yeah i don't i don't know it's uh 
definitely, uh, especially when you announce that you're you're going to Toyota this early, I guess, uh, in the season, you're kind of just mailing it in. Um, obviously, like you just mentioned, but uh, I feel like you just get the bottom of the barrel shit for the rest of the year. You don't get to share much data. And uh, yeah, I can't imagine um, Noah's having much fun going from last year winning uh, a lot of races in the Xfinity Series to a cup race or a cup car that uh, they, he just can't really do anything with. I mean, they, they are getting passed by Rick Ware racing race cars like weekly now weird well i think i think a lot of it is you you have to be kind of self-aware of the situation like obviously noah gregson and eric jones and obviously jimmy johnson are incredibly talented race car drivers but you're at the point now where it's like everything is so incredibly um uh they're all the same so now if you're just that much off it's going to show tenfold because everything is you know if you have a slight advantage it's so huge so it's the same thing in the other direction where if you're this that small bit off it's huge the other way um but obviously i think with the toyota deal um comes with a huge monetary value i would assume in addition to resources and things like that so i mean it's the same thing as the tyler reddick situation when he said you know i've got a year left on my rcr contract but i just signed with denny hamlin it's like okay well we're gonna figure out how to get you the fuck out of here then if that's the case yeah, um, it creates a lame duck situation yeah it's like how, how do you expect i mean not only the team but everybody around you to want to rally behind you when they know that you're just dipping out like you don't you're not you don't want to be part of that anymore so I get it. Um, Jimmy Johnson obviously doesn't suck at what he does. Neither does uh, Noah or Eric Jones. So I'm sure 2024 will be a lot better with a Toyota. Yeah. Now, that being said, uh, we, we kind of wrapped up the weekend, but uh, you got you, one of you threw up a Patreon thing. And uh, we have some Patreon questions, boys, if you, you want to go through that. And uh, we're going to start off with Brian Hahn. Uh, did Christopher Bell or Kevin Harvick save it? I assume that's for Bobby. Um, I don't know. Did they spin out and crash into shit? If they did, no. If they didn't, then yes. I'm tired. Harvick, I'm tired of this question. Harvick uh, bounced it off of another driver. I forget who it was. Shipped it through the infield, went through the grass, and ended up on pit road. So I don't think that that is quite a save. Uh, Chris Bell also spun out out of four. So yeah, I think the gnarliest thing of the weekend was uh, Tony Kanan just four wheeling it through the grass on the back. That was awesome. That was absolutely <laughs> fucking awesome. He's been my favorite indie car driver, like through my, my I guess lack of a better term, fandom of indie cars. Didn't even know he was racing the five hundred. Certainly didn't know it was going to be his last race ever. What a fucking move! Going two hundred and thirty miles an hour, and you just ship it through John Deere country with a jet plane race car. <laughs> Yes, absolute disregard for his own well-being, which is oh my God, are things yes. that we love to see. Uh, and, uh, like you said, an IndyCar fighter jet going 230 on the fucking ball field on the inside. Yeah, like was... one Stingray Rob gets like one foot out of the groove and buries it in the fence, destroys the car. And Tony Kanan just goes, fuck it. All four of them through the grass. <laughs> uh, next question. Jordan Powell, weapon of the week, Mother Nature at Charlotte. I think Brad can attest to that. And Mickey Elliott, whatever that means. Also, it was nice to meet you, Brad. Wish we could uh, could have hung out more. Yeah, it was nice to meet uh, meet Jordan down there. He uh, bought some BFP merchandise immediately, threw it on. That was, was great. Um, certainly, uh, I don't know if it's the weapon of the week. I think that goes to Chase Elliott, but uh, grinds my gears for sure. Um, the weather at Charlotte. I mean, it was just so can't even tell you how miserable it was and to make it even worse so uh got it got uh, the chance to meet uh brent young the infamous uh, brent young that's come up a lot on the uh, uh come up on the podcast he uh, he did the old cell phone trick to uh to charlie when uh, he got to the camper met uh met all of them brought his uh 
his daughter over super cute um super cute kid there and uh we had just had a couple beers and uh, then he, he fucked off or whatever but he uh yeah charlie you just happened to call him at the exact same time that he was showing up and uh he's like hey i want to hear a cool sound or whatever and then just fucking hung up and i was like that's that was kind of rude man and he's like oh, Charlie, Tom- <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> and he's like he's like charlie taught me that i can do that to him so um but that was cool so i, so I, did, him, I did teach him that I did only, I just brought that up uh, to to just mention that uh, I also saw one of his other college buddies, uh, Scott Dinnan, who lives down there, um, saw Scott for a uh, very, very, very quick moment um, yesterday in the stands. And uh, Scott was nice enough to inform me that uh, this was the first time that it has rained down there since uh, April and that they really needed it. And I was like, fuck you, because <laughs> Scott got up into the grandstands and now where this is like during the rain delay of the Xfinity series race, which has already gone green. They had just called the drivers to their cars. It is legitimately still missing. I'm like, they, maybe they know something that we don't know. Maybe they're going to, maybe they have one of them, their fucking uh, domes that they can just put over the racetrack and they're going to put it up uh, for tractable domes. But um, Scott sits down, um, you know, grabs a beer, drivers to their cars. They then, they then go, Oh, well, the rain is picked back up. And, uh, yeah, drivers, you actually can just go, God's like, oh, well, I thought I timed it right. And then he let, let me know that information. And we went back to the camper and, um, actually Scott had just got up there and then they announced that they were moving the Xfinity series race to after the cup race, which then gave him two and a half hours of just sitting in the rain. And Scott's like, I just walked so far. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere else. So, um, tough break for Scott, but, uh, definitely the grinds my gears of the weekend is a uh, mother nature for sure. Uh, next up, Mason Dunn. How did the back half of Casey Roderick's car stay attached at Hickory on Thursday night? Uh, yeah, that was wild. I don't remember who the fuck just monster tronked over him. I, I want to say it was the seven of something Kreider. Um, could be very wrong. I feel bad for him if I, uh, if I did, but, or if I am wrong, but yeah, they, they both just, it looked like they were going to absolutely bury them both in the backstretch wall. And they just didn't hit the wall at all. And, and they just came back around like nothing happened except for the fact that the whole back half of Casey Rogers' car was literally skewed off to the side, hanging, like just barely hanging on. And he actually was running fairly well. And then he ended up throwing the yellow, I think probably debris from that, that wreck. And uh, when they taped it back up, obviously he came back out and was just out to lunch. Terrible. Uh, but I mean, it was funny. Once they got the thing taped on, the whole body was just hanging off the side. So not sure how that really happened, um, but uh, as it definitely ruined a, a pretty solid run for Casey Roderick, who I, I want to say was the point leader going in. Might still be with uh, Bubba breaking, but um, yeah, that uh, that was bizarre. I don't know if anyone saw that. I, I did not see it, but uh, he also... No, has... I, I refuse to pay a subscription fee to Racing America and then pay more money to watch racing. Um, yeah, it's one or the other picket. There was way more other options for internet racing on Thursday night that involved uh, dirt cars and actual exciting racing uh, that I chose to watch instead. Yeah, I I have no problem paying a subscription fee. I have no problem paying a pay-per-view fee. I'm not doing both. You got to pick one, though. You're not getting both. Um, so that 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 is a fucking problem for sure. Uh, Mason Dunn also asked, how, or how many cases of smashes is Bradley smuggling back up from Virginia? Yeah, Mason had, uh, we were actually on the way down and uh, Mason messaged me and sent me a picture of these things called smashes from some fucking Virginia brewing company thing. They're, they're a vodka seltzer soda deal. Um, and uh, 
I was a little hesitant when uh, we first got them. A lot of them, there was a lemonade one, there was orange and fuck whatever. They're pretty good. They're 7.5%. They're also expensive as hell. Um, and we, uh, we didn't stop anywhere in Virginia. So unfortunately zero, but, uh, definitely shout out to Mason for, uh, the recommendation. Those ended up being, uh, pretty solid. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, no, none of them coming back to Maine. Unfortunately, I did leave, uh, a full case on most of a Kona big wave out underneath Joey's camper. So Joey, you're welcome. Uh, next question I think is for Bobby. Uh, Bobby, did you bring your race car mitt for the late model that tried to enter the grandstands at Waterford? <clears throat> so the kid, the kid starts this question with my name and you think it's for me? Well, I, I was kind of like <laughs> bumping through it and then I kind of lost track and then it did say Bobby. Uh, so yes, it is for you. Uh, unfortunately I was already on my way home with the one upside of breaking early is uh, you're loaded up before the features even over and out the fucking door, uh, three and a half hour ride home. Um, I did see it on uh, on Sid's view. Uh, number fifty, Cuzzo Buzz, Buddy Pal, uh, was on the inside of Jason Palmer coming to the green, and he was crowding Jason up all the way through three and four. Like the dude was asking for it, and he crowds him, crowds him, crowds him until eventually he puts Jason and himself in the wall, and the thing uh, hangs a right and flips over, and uh, kind of was asking for it. A lot of shit got tore up at Waterford Saturday night. Um, we are uh, the last two times the Smack Tour has been there. They have had to use the Jaws of Life on a uh, another division, so that's cool. Uh, hopefully, that dude was okay. The Street Stocks, second place, just cleaned out the winner on the last lap, coming to the checkers. So third place inherited the win, and we're trying to push our cars out onto the track for the feature. And all these hill rods are fighting in the pit area that were in the way. Um, so that was cool. The three fifty super modifieds. We start the race. Matt Mary was on my inside, and um, we launch for the green and i look over and i don't see him anymore so cool i moved to the bottom and i come back around half the field destroyed on the front stretch he uh he lost it went through the grass back up in front of traffic ended up uh, taking out like five or six cars there um and then i left before the late model or sk race um and the late model race sounded like that was a shit show with that big crash and uh yeah it was a tough one for waterford uh, next up, Slim. Anyone heading to Seekonk this Saturday for the act race? Need an excuse to delete some beers. Um, I don't think I am going to see. Yeah, touched on it a little earlier. I will uh, be in attendance, actually. Uh, already got to be down in Massachusetts anyways. Um, got a graduation party to attend. And uh, Amanda and I circled Seekonk on the calendar. We're able to make that work. And I uh, already uh, have a blaze. And uh, buddy Josh, people know Josh Merrill, uh, yeah, lives over in Providence. Don't get to see him that often, but he ended up taking Saturday off. So we're going to uh, definitely go over there, delete some beers, watch some act racing, and uh, we're going to, uh, I assume, head to the Dublin Rose after. Uh, Angel Waregi, who is dumber? Chase Elliott fans defending him to the grave or F1 fans that believe they have the most exciting racing in motorsports? The answer is yes. <laughs> I think the answer is yes. Yeah, correct. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, weapon of the week, John Ward. Weapon of the week, Daniel Harding for doing his best impression of Ross Chastain by smashing into the tr track safety truck under caution, ending his day at the Coastal 200. I did see that. Um, hi, hi, cat. Uh, <laughs> Milo is Milo is joining the podcast. This meow, is into the, meow into the mic. Do it. Do Come it. Too bad. <laughs> I shouldn't shake my cat. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I saw that. I saw a clip of that. That was pretty rad. You never want to uh, hit the safety trucks with your race car. Uh, looked like it peeled that thing open like a tuna can. Yeah, I think he was leading, wasn't he? 
Um, maybe he's very good for yeah, uh, he's he like is. he's like nine years old and is already winning late model races. So that's yeah. rad. Um, yeah, tough to win the 200 lapper when you crash into the speedy dry truck, though. Yeah, you, you'll have that in big time auto racing, I guess. Just ask Juan Pablo Montoya. It's fine. He also won races, so it's OK. Um, yeah, tough. <laughs> uh, Eric Worcester, who would win in a foot race around World 600 Motor Speedway between the three of you and who would pass away before the start finish line? Not uh, Charlie to... has crippling asthma, so I'm going to go with him passing away before the yeah. start finish line. Um, and then Bobby, Bobby and I would probably get a uh, little, um, I don't know, reckless going into turn one, and one of us would end up, end up falling over. And then uh, I would say it'd actually be kind of funny to watch because whoever took the lead would probably go down the backstretch and uh, end up having to stop for an aggressive amount of time and uh, probably allow the guy that got wrecked going into one to uh, catch up. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel say, like uh, I feel like I'm in a little bit better shape than you guys are, just on account I go to the gym sometimes, and you guys go to the gym no times. Um, <laughs> so I think I would win, but it wouldn't be fast. Like it would take some time. I, I'm I'm usually good for a good sprint, um, but like Brad said, crippling asthma. Um, if I even get to that point before my knee gives out, um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's gonna be one of those. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know, probably one of you two. Uh, Cameron Jackson, this is going to be the last one for our Patreon questions here. Cameron Jackson, thoughts on when you think NASCAR will actually consider using rain tires on all tracks? Uh, never because you can't go 200 miles an hour at a super speedway on rain tires without killing. Yeah, someone. you're your flat one miles and below is probably the extent of it. And even still, they're not going to race in the rain. They're just going to put those tires on when the track is slightly moist. Yeah, it, uh, I don't know. It's it's a weird criteria in which they use them. Uh, the All Star Race, I think, is a good candidate to to show that. Um, they like they wait like it can't you can't have standing water and like it can't be raining, but like it can't be dry, but like it's kind of wet still. But like you and only on the third Sunday of the month, right? And the moon has to line up with the tree in your backyard, and then yeah, the fucking devils and, come and do some shit. And yeah, I, the, I don't pota- know. the potatoes got to be in Gatorade or something. Yeah, and it, it makes a battery out of itself or something. I don't know. Uh, and then the the tires themselves, they're just so thick and chunky that they just heat up and fucking peel off anyway. So I I don't know what the answer to that is, uh, other than just racing like we always have with slicks on dry racetracks so uh well, one of those uh one of those patreon questions i guess is a good segment into covering a little bit of the local racing stuff uh sunday was the coastal 200 at west at speedway uh looked like a fantastic weekend for those guys great weather up here great crowd great car counts um pal of the program mike hopkins picked up the win in the 200 lap race over jet decker um some dude finished third um so uh let's see looking at uh the lap leaders mike hopkins was the leader of lap 69 so he will take home uh, our our money um, nice. so good good for him um eddie mcdonald was there um running that old ass truck arm car that like is a thousand years old um and was actually pretty competitive he led laps 106 to 135 before having an issue that took him out for the day um, those guys were pretty tickled to go up there with that old blister and be competitive. Um, they had a good pile of, sh- of uh, Strictly Stocks, Strictly Streets. Uh, Josh St. Clair, no surprise, picked up the win there. In the Roadrunners, Chip Farrington beat uh, Noah McGrath 
in that race. And in the modifieds, Ryan Ripley was victorious over Adam Chadbourne and Nick Reno. So uh, good on those guys. And congrats to Mike Hopkins and Gary Crooks and Kevin Nobley and all those guys. Yeah. Uh, I also saw a couple of people that rep BFP on their cars. I think Jimmy Renfrew picked up a win at star uh, Travis Hydar picked up a win at Stafford. And then uh, I believe uh, Stephen Copsick picked up a, uh, win at Stafford as well. Uh, no BFP sticker on the car this year, but uh, so uh, thankful that he uh, repped us for a couple of years and uh, I'm sure it's probably just because we haven't walked up and given him one. So um, yeah, good uh, good for all those guys. Good weekend for the pals. Um, one, a uh, couple other things that Amanda said I need to mention uh, this place, uh place called Puckett's Farm Equipment. So we're, uh, we're sitting there after the Coke 600 rains out. And we're like, ah, oh, you know, like, what the fuck? Like, what do we do? Like, let's, let's go, uh, let's go uptown Charlotte. And so we're all just kind of standing around with our thumbs up our ass. And then, uh, Stevie Johns and, uh, one of his buddies, I believe Carson, um, they, uh, they're like, we, we got to go to pockets, dude. And apparently they've been there before. So they got, they found this place by typing in, uh, country bars near me. And this was one of the places that came up. Well, he is, uh, he, well, Amanda almost just got hit by a mega bus. Um, so yeah, pockets. So they're, they're like, we got to go to pockets. We got to show them pockets, like whatever. And I'm like, dude, what, what is this place? Like that you guys are talking about? They're like, oh, it's sick. It's a NASCAR bar. And there's literally like two inches of dust on everything. And I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> sound, that literally doesn't sound appealing at all. Like there's going to be That sounds incredible. So I'm, I'm like, all right, like. I'm super, I was the only one. There's like eight of us that are going to this place and there's actually more that are showing up. And I'm like, I, I'm so not against it, but I'm just very apprehensive about this whole trip. Right. So we get in the car and I've already shown apprehension and Stevie goes, yeah, you got to type in uh, Puckett's farm equipment to get there. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a tractor re repair place, but there's like a bar behind it. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like where the fuck are we going? We get there legitimately just a brick building with like old painted, just pockets, farm equipment on the top. And then there's a little sign that just says pub. Like, all right, walk in. There's a dude with a cooler on uh, the right side. There's a big old TV with flow racing always going. And every fucking thing in there is very, very old. All mask, all old NASCAR shit. There's a picture of Bobby Allison in there and like his heyday. Apparently the place has been around since like 1930. Place you could tell would would have been jumping uh, like about 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Um, unreal spot, though. Honestly, I got to give it to Stevie, Joey, and Carson and uh, everyone that got us there. The uh, the $3 Bud Lights were a nice touch. They had only glass bottles, only cash bar. Um, trying to figure out how that guy is avoiding taxation um, by the name or uh, just the fact that it's on his property. And, and so they, they called before. The guy said it's open till 9. It, uh, we left there at about 1030 and the guy was just sitting there playing on his laptop. And then every time we wanted a beer, he'd just walk up and he would open up the cooler and us a beer. And, and that was it. But, uh, yeah, just an unreal gem. Apparently Freddie's been there before. Um, that, that makes sense. But, uh, they, they said that they've been there three times now and they've never seen anyone other than them in that place. So I don't know I how to say it sounds like you were just hanging out in some guy's garage with them. Uh, we were, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what we were doing. There's, there's a, there's a little stage though. Apparently they have concerts there or whatever, uh, every once in a while. And, uh, the, uh, a couple pool tables, there was a dartboard. It was fun. It was all good fun. And then we, uh, we went to the absolute complete 
uh, opposite of Puckett's and I uh, went uptown Charlotte, went to the South End and I went to this place called Brickyard. And there was some kid that uh, looked like he was going to be an absolutely unreal punk rock singer and was playing like anything but punk rock until uh, the last song that we listened to before they closed out the set when he played Panic at the Disco. And I've never had more fun in my life at a bar. So um, they got, the kid was unreal. I, I actually it was something I think Modern Alibi was their name. I'm going to download some of their music after we get done here and uh, give them a little, give them a little, give them a little love. But um, yeah, all in all, it was a fun, fun uh, uh, six months down here in, in Charlotte. Um, it's been a long ass trip back. It's uh, it's really refreshing to know that we're an hour and 38 minutes from the Tappan Zee Bridge. And then we're only another two hours and 50 minutes away from Amanda's house. So, yeah. That sounds like a good three hours still. Uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but I have a Vicks big vapor rub thing uh, that, that I've been using underneath my nose to try to stay awake. I'm using it just like smelling salts because I was fresh out of those when I got in the car this morning. I did notice that at one point. I'm like, is Brad doing smelling salts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I legitimately like I've, I don't know that I've ever been as exhausted as I have been uh, behind the wheel of a vehicle, which is really good and reassuring. Um, it's going to be one of those trips where, like, you're, you're trying to beat the GPS. But really, you're just trying to make it home safe. So uh, a couple more stops, probably. going to load up on Celsius and just to have an IV of that for the rest of the trip, I guess. But I did just see a Patreon question come through. Um, wow. Andy Sippy Byron said, uh, what would you name your boat if you had one? Odie McBoatface. Fuck, I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, super unoriginal. I don't know. Um, probably something along the lines of, I can't afford this either. Uh, I don't have time for this. Uh, my other just, hobby is also a waste of money. Uh, I would, I would just name it for sale. Cause I, pre- I prefer <laughs> other people's boats. <laughs> for sale is a great one. Uh, yeah, it's for sale, but it's actually just S A I L. Uh, speaking of boats, actually, if I owned a boat, uh, Amanda and I were talking about this, this place, we went to the place, this place called the blue parrot in Mooresville. We went up there twice, actually, a back-to-back day. This place was unreal, uh, just right on the water. It was a great it was a great spot before it started raining. It was cloudy for fucking six days straight. But um, definitely, uh, people were just parking their boats at the dock and just walking right up and having some food. It was, it was a great little time. One of the days we went over to GoPro, that was cool. They actually, uh, I don't know, Charlie, the first time we ever went down went to GoPro, uh, apparently it's half-off races when it's under 45 degrees out, and they charge Noah and I full price. So I've had a, a couple, two two free races on my account for uh, upwards of four years now. And uh, luckily they changed names to the track house motorplex and now they still had them. So I uh, raced for free race that uh, had a uh, Charlie Buxton and I were uh, over there. Uh, I uh, was a lot slower than Charlie. I think it was probably cause I got a lot fatter uh, over the last handful of days. Um, I did uh, accidentally wreck some Cuzzo. He uh, cut me off uh, coming to the S's and uh, uh, I was trying to follow Charlie actually trying to draft with him and uh, just drove straight into the back of some poor soul um wrecked him and uh then uh, i had a, actually ended up with I was, I was trying to catch charlie so bad that i ended up spinning myself out which i've never done in a rental card so that was fun but uh, <laughs> I, I remember all i that remember day at the office the, the last time we went is i kept getting like remember the guy kept like pointing at me and like yelling at me because i was like barely clipping the dirt so i was like fuck it if i'm gonna get yelled at anyway i'm just gonna clean the fucking cone out and i did that and then i got parked so uh <laughs> that was the last time at gopro for me yeah the the track uh weird uh it was hot as fuck when we went actually and it was super super slick 
Um, so that was, uh, that was definitely tough. I was, uh, not, I was, I think I was probably two tenths off of what I ran the last time we were there when it was cold. So, um, uh, felt pretty decent about it, but it was a lot of fun. The first time we went there, it was, uh, obviously, uh, we went, we went there with Noah. One of the, the first times we went down to see Noah. I was uh, going to say, it was like, like you, Krause. me, Noah, Derek Kraus, Bailey Curry, Albiovich showed up. Like yeah. There, and it was, it was so like much a... fun that it, Noah and Derek were in their own zip code naturally, but between Bailey, Alby, uh, you and, and myself, we, we were just going, we were drafting down the front stretch to the point where like one of us would suck up, get a run going into one pass down below the bottom. Everyone would fall back in line. The next corner you draft up to someone dip down below. It was so much fun. It was probably the most fun I've ever had uh, racing anything in my life. And, uh, it's wild. Honestly, I had a couple of people message me that are from up uh, up in our, our area that said that they've never been to GoPro, but they've always wanted to go. So um, definitely, uh, definitely a must if you're in the Mooresville area. For sure. Uh, so we we have another weekend coming up here, boys. What's on tap for you, Bobbert? Real quick, I want, just want to cover Oxford. We had some pals oh, yeah. today. Kyle DeSouza picked up the win in the Super Late Models over Cookson and Garrett Lamb. First podium for Garrett in a Super Late Model. Um, Colby Meserve picked up the win in the Limiteds over Jordan Russell and Nate Levitt. Any and all second place jokes that people continue to lobby my way, despite the way I haven't finished second at all in 2023 yet, uh, send them over to Jordan because he also finished second in the street stock race to Billy Childs. Um, Cam Childs was third. Derek McKean picked up the win in the bomber stonks over Cam Richards and Nate Barth and uh, the rest of the divisions uh, had cars in them. So that's cool. Uh, my weekend, uh, I believe the three of us will all be at the Bartlett Bridge Raceway. After a couple weeks off from over there, uh, go-karts on Friday night. Saturday night, I uh, make my return back to Star Speedway. Um, still haven't got my trophy or novelty check from the race I won three weeks ago, so I guess I get to take home uh, hardware this week finally. Um, just a regular show for them, Jen Garland Memorial. Um, Jen was uh, a staple in the 350 pit area when I got started. She was, uh, she was awesome for the division, so to race in her honor, hoping to have a good night. I got to start 12th. You know, because that is the rule when you win, you got to start 12th um, the very next week. So looking forward to coming from the middle of the pack or the back of the pack there. And then on Sunday, uh, uh, I think I think I'm going to chill out from the race cars on Sunday. There is a pass race at Oxford, but uh, I fly out to Berlin, Michigan on Monday. So I think Sunday will be uh, just tying up some loose ends around the race shop around the house. So, uh, um, yeah, looking forward to all that. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. So Friday Bartlett, that is also, uh, my 30th birthday. Uh, you're old. I refuse to accept that. Bobby is significantly older than me though. So don't let him, what what you need to do is what I did and have an existential crisis and go get three tattoos in a two week span after turning 30. I can do that. That's pretty, pretty rad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's going to be my 30th birthday. I think, uh, might go out with uh some of you fellows afterwards and uh do a fall down potentially uh for the first time of being in my 30s uh the rest of the weekend not sure uh some parts came in for the race car that don't seem to be right and uh not a lot of help and uh yeah that so uh for sure gonna race on the 10th with nate again um have some fun and uh go from there also bentley's car show on wednesday next week uh so anybody who's looking to uh have some beers and look at some race cars head on out to bentley's next week on wednesday uh yeah so all that sounds uh terrible for the fact that i was uh fully convinced that i was going to not drink for uh at least a handful of days um coming up here but uh, sounds like friday night after go-karts i will uh, also obviously be in attendance uh sounds like we're probably gonna end up at skips or something and uh 
yeah, I'll probably have to have at least one, which uh, one meant four the last time. So probably mean five or six this time. Um, obviously, like I mentioned, Saturday, watching uh, Axe Cars at Seekonk. Uh, place puts on some pretty phenomenal racing, uh, especially when the Axe Act Cars are in town. So definitely looking forward to that. Probably the one and only Seekonk trip that I'll make this year, fortunately, with uh, the fact that uh, the Quantic 100 has moved to Waterford at the end of the year. Um, but looking forward to that. And then uh, Sunday, just uh, maintenance day. Uh, not, not do a whole lot. But uh, it sounds like uh, sounds like next week will also be a Zoom call. Um, I feel like uh, I can confidently say that it'll be a little bit better connection because it won't be off of my uh, hotspot on my cell phone. So um, that uh, should be good. Yeah, I got to figure out. Um, hopefully there's a layover in Charlotte on Monday. So I may be uh, maybe coming to you live from the Whiskey River uh, Charlotte Airport Bar. By the That's yeah. it, what it sounded like, but. Uh, cool, we can have Dale Jr. on. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I don't think he lives there. Um, <laughs> yeah, certainly all kinds of racing going on this weekend. It's no, uh, it's no surprise. You know, we're, we're definitely in it now. It's June. We're about to be June. <clears throat> the year's already flying by. Oxford, Wiscasset, Star. I think Lee races on Friday. Hudson races on Sunday. Um, Stafford, Waterford. You know the drill at this point. Go, uh, go out and go watch fucking race cars. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, obviously, like I just mentioned, it sounds like we'll be doing a Zoom call next week um, for a uh, for show. But um, a couple of weeks, I do got to mention uh, Noah after uh, the ASA race had uh, Jake Finch actually stayed with Noah. And uh, we ended up going uh, us two and um, or us three, I guess. And uh, Noah's buddy Trey, who was down from Washington. Uh, we all ended up going to this part three course in Charlotte. Unreal spot. Um, so much fun, especially when uh, you got a bunch of characters out there like that. I didn't know Jake Finch before. Um, I definitely know him now. And uh, we definitely hit it off pretty immediately and uh, he wants to come on the show so uh, he's an absolute character but uh definitely got to have him on i don't think he's going to be indulging in too many uh too many beers with us but uh, that that should be a good one and uh, we'll have to uh, have to do that in a couple weeks but definitely a lot of race cars happening and uh definitely looking forward to uh, heading down to southern massachusetts this weekend well fuck yeah i think this has been episode 221 boys and uh we, we did a three-way zoom we didn't have a three-way with each other but we did a three-way zoom this one actually happened is what you're saying. Right. You get it. <laughs> that's that's for some of the real OG listeners we go way, way back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, uh, him, him too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think, oh, I forgot. Uh, I forgot one thing. I got to tell this part of the story. Um, shout out to everybody at Waterford wearing BFP merch. Saw a lot of hats and T-shirts down there. Um, but by far the best um, one of the weekend is I'm um, standing at my car and they always, the last two times I've gone there, I've had the very first pit stall right out of the gate where like the bar areas and the grandstand. So a lot of foot traffic there. And I see uh, Anthony Bello walking by wearing a BFP shirt and he walks by and I go, you got some shit on your shirt. And he stops and he looks at his shirt and he goes, black flag podcast. I'm like, yeah. So you got some shit on your shirt. And he's like, well, what's wrong with those guys? Like, it's all defensive. I'm like, I point to the big BFP logo on the side of my race car. I go, I, I'm one of those guys. <laughs> and he looked so confused. And I was like, oh, right. <laughs> and then walked off. So, uh, uh, Anthony, it was nice to meet you. <laughs> I, I <think. laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's good to know. It's good to know that we have shooters out there. <laughs> <laughs> he was ready to go to bat for us against me. <laughs> <laughs> against uh, For us, against us. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Uh, well, I think this has been episode 221. Uh, see you next Tuesday. Race car, race car. Here we go, race car.